Namaste. Uh, today we are sitting with Gautam Ji and uh, we are continuing our series of talks on living the teachings of Sai Baba. And uh, thank you, Gautam, for giving us time. Thank you for having me. Today, uh, I would ask Gautam some very important and simple questions essentially on miracles of Sai Baba and where miracles itself can become an obstacle where if devotees start hankering for them. Firstly, is that true? And if you could speak on that, please. You see, uh, miracles is a bit of a complex subject because invariably we, in terms of our human nature, classify miracles as an outcome which happened for us in the positive, which would not have ordinarily happened. But because of divine intervention, it happened and it made us happy in some way. Now, as other masters have pointed out, especially masters on the Advaita path like Nisargata Maharaj, what about the miracle of daily living? The universe has conspired to give you today. Isn't that a miracle? The earth you are standing on is rotating at a particular speed, is revolving around the sun at a particular speed. The force of gravity is enabling you to be here. You are gifted with the senses. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't breathing a miracle? Are you able to control your breathing or does it happen? Isn't the blood coursing through your veins a miracle or are you doing it? Or is there a higher force which is doing it? Isn't that a miracle? The sun shining, isn't that a miracle? You see, there is so much miraculous nature around us, protecting us, so to speak, allowing us to exist. But that gets taken for granted. And the me comes in and says, now, if this happens, I will consider it a miracle. So the lens has got shifted to the focus of the little me, which wants a certain outcome, which it knows is unlikely, but with my full faith, I will make it likely. And then when it happens once, then the me starts hankering of what it has defined as miracles. We have put the label of miracle on it. God has not classified it as a miracle. So we have to be very careful with the phenomenon of miracles because then we as individuals start looking for miracles in our life. But what about the larger picture? You know, what, what if what is considered for you a miracle is harming someone else that you don't know of? But our prism is so small. So then our whole journey starts shifting from trying to manifest miracles, which becomes me-centric, rather than embracing the miraculous universe and existence and knowing that it is intelligent enough to take care of its creation. That is the biggest miracle. So <clears throat> the other thing is the Miracles can strengthen the ego. You see, that now I know how to get miracles happening in my life. 
there is a very popular book in the west in the esoteric tradition called a course in miracles it's more than 1000 pages big i have read it and i found two sentences there and both said the ultimate miracle is the peace of mind i have even underlined those and the teaching in that book is astonishingly close to the advaita teachings where they point to relationships finding peace of mind through relationships because finding peace of mind through relationships is a miracle but we are looking at events as miracles finding sai baba in every form and seeing that is a miracle these are the true miracles but we are so hardwired to wanting outcomes as miracles so teachings of sai baba also ask us to look deeper go within those are where the miracles take place not in phenomenality as phenomenal outcomes of situations which we get stuck to but this is really truly the miracle the true miracle is if you are involved in a situation tomorrow which you don't like but you have the total acceptance that that person is an instrument through which the happening happened when you start looking at things that way that is a miracle that is miraculous because otherwise we start just living waiting for signs and miracles to happen in the hope that they will happen we are convinced they will happen but that is still operating in the dimension of something happening which i perceive as miraculous sometimes sai baba may do some leela or something which one does not even want or think of but that happens of its of his will an event may happen but when a true miracle like that happens or rather something that he ordains that will also have transformation in the devotee provided the devotee is receptive but if the devotee has a fixed vision of what is a true miracle it will not happen true so in that case a when baba someone experiences an event of baba's a why is he gracing a devotee with that and two what should the devotee you know be receptive some pointers on that you see the why question cannot be answered as my teacher said a painting can never know why its painter painted it right but the pointer is that a miracle really does not require me to play any part in the miracle that may sound a bit complex but what it is pointing to is 
that is this the absence of the me with its sense of doership that enables miracles to happen we need to get out of the way what happens is we step in and then we become very clear what we want as an outcome the me becomes very convinced about that whereas it is actually the opposite then that tends to attract imaginary things where one will force perceptions that this is a miracle it's not truly an incident at very all true. maybe yeah we can see things which actually yeah. are not there i see people who will find images and all day will spend trying to look for images in it and this happened they're trying to almost create or find something where it's not so that now is up to them and their journey now they may come across like you started by saying you may come across some image let's say and you suddenly see shiva in it for an example which is absolutely valid wonderful but what happens if now your mission becomes to look at images everywhere to see if you can find forms of god in it and it does not happen then then you get frustrated so what is offered spontaneously is accepted and acknowledged for that person someone else may not see shiva in that image but you have seen it very valid because ultimately it's what you are seeing but the me then wants to multiply that across various things and then instead of being focused on life and daily living and what life offers it starts looking for these images where it can find which represent forms of god and that becomes its mission so it's trying to repeat an experience which was not in its control in the first place the first time it saw an image and let's say you saw shiva there right that was not in your control now that you have had the experience you want to start controlling having multiple experiences that is a downfall that is the issue you see whereas supposing you had that experience and it was acknowledged thoughtfully and let go of whenever it happens in the future if it happens again and when it happens you'll again bow down and say thank you but your life's prism is now not going to be only to start hunting for images which show forms of god that is what the mind does the human mind because that is the burden of memory now it has that memory but it doesn't realize that even that first impact was not in its control so leave it to that same force which brought about the first miracle for you to do its job as and when it's meant to get out of the way i have a friend who would say that every morning his only prayer was that today i promise myself i will get out of my own way <laughs> talking of that I wanted to speak to you essentially it's like desirelessness and when you literally have no desire quite the contrary it's given to you when there's no personal wanting or desire you had shared one of these stories of lord krishna in one of your talks i distinctly remember this of the cow uh, being taken away from the farmer and the rich man being given so much more could you if you don't mind share that story that is a very common story mm. where uh, i think narada and krishna go to these two houses and the rich man takes care of them and uh, you know the lord says i will bless you by giving you more riches 
you know and narada says my god you should have done the opposite you know this guy has too much and then they go to the poor farmer's house who has only the cow and he says i'll bless you by taking away your cow so narada is shocked so krishna says no i have done the right thing because if i take away his last attachment he will come closer to me now you see this sounds very harsh but what is the meaning behind the story we get so identified and attached to objects in our environment that is the maya you see now let me use a very lateral example i know someone who is very wealthy whose passion is to collect watches expensive watches nothing wrong in it you have the means you like it there's no judgment on that but what happens every time he buys an expensive watch in 2 weeks the pleasure he derived from it is over and he sees another watch and wants to buy that now this is why because you are deriving your sense of self from the watch you see so at some point in his journey when it is god's will he will himself reach the conclusion that this is endless this acquiring objects is endless and he will reach that point where because of the surplus and the surfeit of wealth and objects he will realize that these are not giving him true value in life then his spiritual journey will begin because then it is not the object he realizes objects are transient the value is short lived that has been his experience so far with each watch he has acquired then what is it that which does not depend on an object which i am deriving value from so these stories point to that when the cow is used as an example it is not that god is being cruel by taking away one what god is trying to show is that look at what you are identified with in your life what you derive your sense of self from you know who is this me and that is why it's common that on the spiritual journey you start losing interest in material things not as a deliberate act because you know that this is not true value you are searching for the pure gold now these toys do not give you that satisfaction that is when you lose interest in material things it's a kind of why do you think ashrams for example are simple places why does your room in the ashram not have curios and objects and all because those things lose their value because the journey is now within it is an internal journey it is not an external journey so that is what starts happening could one then see as one matures in their devotion and if baba gives some signs without one seeking it now as just as a sign of encouragement absolutely it is a sign of encouragement and especially in the baba it's part. very beautiful when that happens actually hmm. Hmm. because it happens on its own 
So it's the journey from seeking to being given like grace from Baba. We yes. see it as that yes. and it's encouragement. Totally, absolutely. For those devotees who've not had an experience of Baba's, now naturally they hear stories, this happened, that happened, whatever. So many things happen all the time. But for those seekers or devotees of Baba who've not had a first-hand experience yet, it's very natural for them to feel, even I should get something. Mm. Could you say something on that? Personally, if you ask me, they are even luckier. You see, because like we just spoke about, those who have had an experience start hankering after it. And they think they are special compared to those who have not had those experiences. I have seen that also. This if you could speak a little more on, because specialness is essentially the downfall. Because that is the ego which feels special, you see. So that is the pitfall we were talking about. But if I am a devotee of Sai Baba, and I don't need those miracles, yet I am firm in my belief. That, that is a is true, a true devotee, one. Absolutely. Yeah. Because and he knows that Baba is behind him. Absolutely. That is amazing. Yeah. When one sees that, it is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. You know. Because you see, it's all relative. Whether Baba comes to you in a dream or not mm. is ultimately your perception of it. Mm. It doesn't mean he's not there. Maybe you needed this dream more than the other person who didn't have the dream. It reminds me of a book I had read on Satya Sai Baba, where one millionaire, I've forgotten his name, used to introduce him to his audiences. And he started feeling very proud that, you know, Baba is putting me in charge of introducing him. So one day he went and asked Satya Sai Baba, you know, uh, I feel great <laughs> when I'm on stage with you. But why me? I mean, you've chosen me out of everyone. It's a great thing. And he told him, my son, you're only there because you need it more than all the others in the audience. So don't fool yourself. Then he realized, you know, he said, because if you didn't have that proximity to me, you would have been a mess. So please don't think you're special. You need it more than the others. That is why you are here. But we take it the other way. We take it that the person who has had a vision is the special one. The truly special one is the one who is completely devoted to Baba, vision or no vision. Being special is really a downfall of the ego because it means me as separate from others is more special. Can the Divine differentiate between its children? Can God really differentiate between all its children as to who is more special than the other? That is how we perceive it. And that is why my teacher's, one of his final sayings when someone asked Rameshji to sum up his teaching in one sentence, he said it would be, Love each and every one as if you created them. That includes people you don't like. 
put them at the first uh, top of the list. Thank you, Bhatma.